episode of Speaking Literally. We are so excited to be back with you. I am Holly. You can find me at AZ Desert uh, Bookworm on Instagram, and I am joined by none other than... <laughs> I'm Liz, and you can find me at Lizzie's Little Book Nook um, on Instagram. And we are so excited to be back to be doing our second official episode of Speaking Literally, where we're going to talk about all things bookish and things that are going on in our lives and what we're reading. And, of course, we have our special Beach Reads topic that we're going to discuss today. Uh, we figured, why not? It's the middle of the summer and people are wanting to read some Beach Reads and escape from reality. So let's talk about it. So uh, Exactly. So, Lizzie, how, how's life? Yeah, good. I mean, this at the moment, um, the UK is currently experiencing a bit of a heat wave, so we are melting over here. Uh, we don't do so great with heat. So, but other than that, it's it's all good. Um, lots of reading and lots of reviewing. So, um, been updating my website a bit more. But yeah, it's been a it's been a good month. How about you? You went on holiday, and of course, uh, you had your birthday as well. I did. I had my birthday at the end of June, and I was it, I was, it was really fun. I did my first. Um, Bookstagram uh, book giveaway, so that was pretty cool. I had my daughter involved in, in drawing out the winning name, so that was pretty fun. And yeah, we, uh, my family just came back from uh, a couple days over at the beaches in California, and it was nice to get away. And we're back now, and you know, as an educator, I'm getting ready to get back into like you know real world and life and work. So, um, but yeah, so it's been busy and. Um, things have been good, so, you know, I can't complain too much about all this. So, Bookstagram, are you uh, doing well with that? How's it, how's it yeah. going? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, I mean, this month I've been trying to increase my regularity in, in posting uh, because it's, I got to a point where I'd post maybe three times a week just because work was busy and everything. But this week I managed to post every single day, which I'm really happy about. I'm trying to catch up on, on doing book reviews because I fell so far behind. Um, but yeah, it's going well, getting, getting engagement. Um, how about you? Yeah, it's the last couple of weeks have been busy with having been away on vacation and, uh, and just, I had to travel yesterday for work and things like that. So it, it definitely, you know, hasn't been the regularity that I normally have been, uh, with, yeah. with the bookstagram page, but you know, I, I'm a little behind on posting some some book reviews, so I'm going to try to get some reviews written up on my blog and um, on social media. So we'll see uh, we'll see where where we get with that. So uh, speaking about all this reading that we're doing in our bookstagrams page, you know, we're going to take a short commercial break here, and then when we come back, we're going to jump right into our what you're reading section, and we're going to talk all about the current books we're reading. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. All right, Lizzie, kick us off. Tell us about what you – let's start with what you've recently finished. Okay, well, the last book that I finished was a book called The Troubles With Us, which was by Alex O'Neill. Um, absolutely brilliant one. I'm just actually about to post a, a review this weekend of it. Um, it is a memoir of Alex's life growing up in Belfast in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland um, during the Troubles. So it's a really interesting kind of insight into – not only how tough it was and how quite scary it was because there was bombings, there was attacks, there was shootings, but it's quite interesting to see just how resilient the Irish were, um, just going on and living day by day 
and not really letting it affect them so much because it was just normal for the those those 20 years 30 years um so that was an absolutely fascinating read i i compare it to um it's like an irish sex and city mixed with dairy girls interesting (laughs) yeah what was the last book you've, you've read so um, one of the last, well, I just kind of recently finished two. So one of them was one that I'm, we're going to talk about during our beach read section, but the people we meet on vacation my uh, Emily Henry, um, which, you know, was really, really good. I'm not, you know, it's funny because we're doing beach reads. I'm not a huge, like, you know, traditional beach read book kind of person. I'm like, I'll read a, like a rom-com kind of easy read every now and then, but that's not my go-to genre. But I did enjoy it. Uh, I think the best part about it was, you know, you have these two friends who um, every summer they go on a vacation together. And um, and so you get to experience those vacations of the past through this alternating timeline between present and their past. And so yeah. it's really cool because you, you get to go on these little trips around the world with them. Um, and you get to see that, you know, when they first started and they're college kids and they have no money, how they made really cheap vacations happen versus when, you know, she becomes um, this, you know, kind of reporter, basically, uh, more of like a like an influencer, a social media influencer for yeah. a very popular um, kind of travel magazine that they pay they pay for everything for her trip so they want her to go to these exotic places so yeah so you you evolve from the pinching pennies going to new orleans to going to like costa rica and you know scandinavia for these like vacations no normal person could really pay because you're going on the dime of a company but that i really enjoyed seeing the different the different locations and then of course you know over time they're their friendship. It's a, it's a friends to lovers kind of story. So if you're into that, it was, yeah. it was really good. You know, it was written by, um, Emily Henry, who is the same author of Beach Read. So. Yeah. I was going to say that that one has actually cropped up during our little research session that there is a book called Beach Read. Yep. <laughs> so how can we not mention it? Exactly. You know, and I, I haven't read Beach Read, um, but I, you know, and, and, you know, and I and I probably will now because you know I did, yeah. I did enjoy people we meet on vacation and you know and and yes there were a lot of people that they met while they were on these different trips and things but it really wasn't the focal point of the book it really was just their their time traveling together over the last ten years and things that happened that you know they were so close and then they were driven apart and trying to get back together and it was it was really good it was you know if you're looking for an easy read definitely go for that. Um, on the flip side, the other book that I finished reading was A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Brigid uh, Kemmer. I'm not sure if I pronounced it okay. right. Um, but she has a, a, a series out. And, you know, it's it's fantasy. It was um, – and I didn't really read a lot. Um, so I'm like, while I'm reading, I'm like, oh, gosh, this is very reminiscent of, like, Beauty and the Beast. And then, of course, I go back and I – kind of start reading some of the blurbs about it and everything's like, it's a great retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess that was the point of it then. But it, it was really good. It wasn't, um, and this is the one that I, I um, need to write my review on, but it, it's interesting because I read a lot of fantasy and yeah. this, this one, it wasn't as, I guess the best way to say is powerful or um as some of those other, uh, you know, fantasy uh, 
series that are so popular, like A Court of Thorns and Roses yeah. or From um, Blood and Ash, like those just have power behind them when you read them. This one, I feel, doesn't quite have that power that those other two series do, but I enjoyed it. Like it was, it, you know, it was it was an, a much easier read. So it's almost it was. I would say. Yeah. To keeping in tune to our theme this week, I think it would be a great fantasy beach read. So if you're into fantasy okay. beach reads, I think this would be a better one than something that's a little bit more powerful. Yeah, I think with with uh, fairy tale retellings, it can be risky. Mm-hmm. Either you get it right, or it, you get it terrible. You get it terribly wrong. So I think it it, it can be a very kind of iffy um, subject. So it's good that that one was good. I have heard a lot of good things about that book. So I've got to admit that one is on my TBR already. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is it's, uh, it was just book one. And when it ended, I'm like, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where she continues going with the book. Because it was almost like it could have ended and not had a sequel or even a third book. Because I, I think there's three at least right now. Um so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see where the storyline goes because it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a, a cliffhanger like some of those books are. So, um, so yeah. So I think that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Um, what are you currently reading? So currently, I'm actually reading one of my net galley reads, um, an arc called The Lock In by Phoebe Luckhurst. Um, it's a bit of a kind of a contemporary rom com. Uh, so again, it would fit in the in the traditional beach reads um but it's about a group of housemates and a housemate state who gets stuck uh, locked up in a loft um in an attic uh and the bottom of the house is flooding and they've got themselves stuck up there and it's all about how kind of how they get out and and how they how they manage the situation so yeah the lock-in um it's quite interesting i'm about 80 percent of the way through so i'll probably finish it today but it's yeah, it's it's good fun. It's just a nice kind of light, easy read. Um, and I'm also listening to um, an audio book by Matt Haig um, called Notes on a Nervous Planet, which is more about kind of mental health, uh, social media, and kind of the way uh, mental health is portrayed in the world and, and things like that. So because Matt Haig's done a lot of books on mental health, um, he did the I can't remember the name of the other one, but he's done quite a few in the series. Um, so uh, something like being happy or um, something like that. But it was really interesting because he, suff- he suffers quite badly with um, with mental health and with depression. Uh, it's called Reasons to Stay Alive. Um, he also wrote The Midnight Library, which was a yes. brilliant read. I thoroughly enjoyed that book. Um, but this is more his, uh, his non-fiction writing which this one i'm struggling with it's it's a bit more kind of preachy um rather than talking about it and he repeats the same things like a lot of the time so it's it's a bit harder but it's it's not bad um so what are you currently reading at the moment holly so i am currently reading um uh an an arc um called we are the brennans by tracy lang it comes out next month uh, and I think I believe in early August, and it's okay. um, it's it's really about a family, it's a bunch of family dynamics. But you have a a girl who they're, I, they're they're adults, so I don't know why I said girl, but we have a woman who she she ends up leaving her family in New York and goes to California, trying to kind of 
es- escape the pressures of this very close knit. Everybody like is basically in the same house kind of, of family, um, only to end up getting in a really bad car accident and having to go home. And so, you know, when she left, it had been five years since she left, and she left very abruptly. Um, she had a long-time boyfriend, and so in five years, a lot of things have changed, and she came back unannounced. So um, it's trying to kind of reestablish herself and get reacquainted with her family and come to terms with things that had happened in her life in the past and um, and then just all of the little conflicts that are happening happening with her family members like you know there's you know she has you know a brother who's having you know marital issues and um you know uh, her her other brother has a mental um disability and so just trying to get back into terms of this kind of high demanding family that you know and feeling guilty for having left and abandoned them when for so long she was the one who was trying to take care of everybody. So it's really a, it's, it's a good, interesting read. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it, it sounds like it's pretty heavy, but it's been a pretty light read. Um, okay. Yeah. And then I am reading The um, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by uh, by Taylor Jenkins Reid, who also wrote a couple of the books that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and that was a book that I didn't really know much about, but I saw it a lot on social media. Yeah. Bookstagram made me do it books, and, <laughs> and, which, which is kind of cool. Um, it's been really interesting because it basically is Evelyn Hugo is this um, – she's older. She's like in her 80s, but she – is telling her life as basically a Hollywood starlet um, and her her rise to fame as a Hollywood actress in the 50s and 60s. And so she's, um, in essence, she's recruited this kind of no-name reporter to tell her story to. And so you, really the bulk of the book is just hearing the narrative of this old actress's life from the time she was 14 to where she is now. Um, kind of like you with your current read, I'm about 80, pretty close to the end, about 86% of the way done. I would say I probably only have about maybe 50 or so pages. So I'll probably get okay. finished this weekend. But it's it's, yeah. really, it's really good. I mean, I can see it's definitely one of those books where I think people are either going to like it or, or not really feel connected to it because it's yeah. it really is just, um, because it's the narration, you still have dialogue because the narration still comes across as, like current action and people interacting with each other, but there's not a ton of the present day interaction with Evelyn Hugo and the reporter girl that she's pulled in to tell her story to, but I'm enjoying it. So Nice. Yeah. I have had a lot of good things about that book. Um, That's definitely obviously one that I really want to read as well. Um, And just going back to the wheel of Brennan's, I remember you sharing the, book cover earlier this week and it I really like it it's just so simplistic with just the shamrocks it's really nice it is it's it's, yeah and you know it's funny because they're they're um four leaf clovers oh no maybe not they look like four leaf clovers at the beginning but now that I look at it um because I'm like the four leaf clovers would have you know you know I mean clovers in general you think of luck and and things and 
Yeah. Yeah. It's and the Irish. It's, yes, and the Irish. <laughs> and, and which, which, which they are an Irish family, so yeah, you know, so that, that makes sense. Is there, so that makes sense too. Um, yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's a beautiful book cover because, and I think what makes it so beautiful is just the simplicity, like you said, of it. Mm. You know, you didn't uh, when you talked about your current your books you recently finished. Um, you didn't mention Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just yeah, finished that. I, I finished that one um, about a few weeks ago now. And was it? It was, um, yeah, well, 8th of July. So about, it feels like it's, it's been longer, but it's only about, been about a week and a half. I think I've kind of mentally blocked that out. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was interesting. Um, I like Steinbeck's style. Um, of Mice and Men, I really enjoyed it when I studied it at school. It had a really nice kind of storyline. But this one was just misery and misery and more misery there was no kind of silver lining there was no little ray of hope at the end of the tunnel um or even ray of light so yeah it was it was hard it was sort of but we finished and you just were like oh i'm so glad it's done and you just feel absolutely drained emotionally drained um as i say i liked the the writing style but it was very slow and and it yeah just it was emotionally draining so i it's not really something i'd read again <laughs> so um and you read it as a as a buddy read um do you think that yeah. if you had not read it as a buddy read would you have finished it it definitely helped to get through it having doing the buddy read um it's nice to have that support to kind of mm-hmm. keep going and also it gives you a reason to keep going I'm, I have an issue where I can't DNF a book. I find it really hard. I get like so guilty about thinking about DNFing a book. So I don't think I probably would have DNFed it, but I think I probably would have taken longer and maybe kind of ended up starting another book and that one being left behind. So a kind of accidental, permanent kind of postponement. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so nice for you not to do not finish a book, but just permanently postpone it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did that a while thing. ago with Ulysses, and I told myself that one day I'll go back to it. But yeah, that was a few years ago. I think I got about a quarter of the way through um, the James Joyce novel, mm-hmm. and yeah, I haven't gone back yet. Yeah. I have I have certain ones that that I, I accidentally or like just go onto a different book for a bit and let it kind of. Go back to the bookshelf for a little bit, just to have a little cool down, a little calm down, well, you know, <laughs> a little time out. <laughs> that can be really beneficial, though, too. Like, if it's a tough, tough book, like, you know, taking a break away from it for a little bit, you know, and then going back to yeah. it really reduce. The problem is when you get back to it, you, most of the time you forget what it, what it what's happened. Unless it's, like, a really good storyline, which if it's a good storyline, you're not going to stop re- reading it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I get you on that one. Um, all right, so new and upcoming releases. So, yeah. um, so there are some books that were just recently um, released this past week um, on like July 13th ish. So, one of them is The Final Girl Support Group by Grady H- Hendricks, and that's one I'm seeing a lot on social media. There's been a lot of um, you know, posts about people reading that book. And um, Grady Hendrix has, uh, has written a couple other ones. His other big one that I've seen a lot about was the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. That one had yeah. come out a while ago. Um, but the Final Girl Support Group 
um, really is about um, a girl who survived a massacre, and so she is part of this support group for. Then uh, there's, I guess, five five other girls, or a total of five girls in the support group who've all suffered like massive survival kind of um, situations, like she did. And and then the therapist, and at some point, one of those girls goes missing, and so then it becomes this, you know, um, what's going on? Are you know are they all gonna die now? Is kind of like I when I when I read about it, I, I thought of like the movie Final Destination. I think that's what it's called when it's like the these the groups of um, young like teenagers or young adults. I haven't watched it in years. Like survive accidents and things that should have killed them. And so then they, yeah, you know, so then like the world <laughs> is against them and fate is against them. So then they, they end up finding themselves in all these situations because they weren't supposed to survive and they did. That's kind of like the, the feel I got just from reading the excerpts of it. But I'm seeing a lot of great things okay. on, on um, social media about it. Um, what's another yeah, one I've, that's coming out? I've got to admit that. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of. We have, there's a lot of press on Grady Hendrix's previous books, um, so it'd be really interesting to see what this one's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there? Uh, there's another book coming out. Um, Liz, you want to talk about it? By a very uh, yes. popular, you know, well-known <laughs> author. Yeah. So we've got another one from the the horror genius that is Stephen King. Um, that comes out in uh, America and UK on August the 3rd, and it's called Billy Summers. And now this one isn't actually a horror, which is interesting. Um, it's a little bit different from what we're used to from Stephen, so it'll be interesting to see um, what it's like. But it's about Billy Summers, who is a, um, a hitman, and he wants to get out of the business, but he has to do this one last job. Um, and they, they have the most cliched line in the blurb ever, which is, what could possibly go wrong? Um, which is followed by How About Everything. So it's really interesting. They, they describe it as a part war story, part love letter to small town America um, and to the people who live there. So um does sound quite intriguing. I mean, I am a little bit wary just because Stephen King excels most at horror, at the horror genre. So I don't know how he'll do with this part war story, part love letter, but it does sound like it'd be a very interesting plot line. Interesting, you know, and I, Stephen King is such an intriguing author. Like he, he's, you know, he is pretty diverse. But I think we all know him for, you know, the horror movies and the horror. Yeah, no, he's yeah, his 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 obviously his best area is is his best genre is horror. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm definitely going to be intrigued in seeing um, what the response is to this. Book. Yeah, definitely. Um, That'd be really interesting to see some reviews. Yeah. And so, um, and obviously there's one more we're going to talk about, but we already mentioned We Are the Brennans. That's coming out in August as well by Tracy Ling. So that's the one that I'm currently reading. Um, But then there's another one that just came out this past week um, in the United States. I believe it's been out now for a little bit longer in the U.K., but yeah, it's been out for a few weeks. Has it? Okay. But it's The Startup Life by Tamima Anam. Um, and it's, it just kind of, it's, it's, it's a, it sounds interesting. And, um, but it's really about these two people, Asha and Cyrus. They're, they're newlyweds and they get together and they kind of build an app. And 
it apparently replaces religious rituals. So that's kind of an interesting concept. Not quite sure what an app would look like um, that does that. So, but basically, um, it brings them overnight fame. So here they are, these, these newlyweds and they create this new platform where um, millions of people are going to it to seek personalized rituals, um, things for themselves. So it then becomes like, will their marriage survive the pressure of this fame? And so it talks a little bit about, you know, faith and how faith plays a role in, in people's lives, as well as the impact technology can have on our lives and in our relationships. Um, and really this is kind of like the culture we live in with technology nowadays. Like everybody is trying to like create apps and do stuff with technology and get themselves out there. And, um, but you know, are there downfalls to technology and, you know, is it always the best thing to do and what impact can it then have on, you know, a relationship? So it sounds like a very Mm -hmm. intriguing book. Does sound interesting. Um, and just also a uh, heads up as well. The book that I did mention, the lock-in, uh, that comes out on Thursday, on the twenty-second of July. So that's why I'm trying to read it now before it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's and that's by Phoebe Luckhurst. Awesome. So so we're reading two books that are coming out soon and that we would both recommend. And then of course there are these. You know, Stephen King is always going to be one that people are going to be drawn to. Oh yeah. Um, definitely yeah so um so yeah so there are some good uh, books that have just recently come out this past week or are getting ready to come out come out in the next you know couple of weeks before our next uh episode of speaking literally which um drops august 16th just want to put that plug in here now uh, <laughs> so uh, which we're already looking forward to so we'll talk a little bit more about that um our August episode at the end to give you some little teasers to get you excited about that. All right. Wow. So, uh, so we're reading some pretty good books right now. Yeah. It's been, it's been a pretty good month. I mean, there's been a few little dips in, in June for reading, but no, it's so far. It, July has started, has started strong. Um, as I say, the troubles with us, my last read was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think that's so far my favorite book of the month so far. Um, what would be, what would be your favorite book that you've read so far in July? I know it's obviously been 17 days. Um, let's see. So (coughs) I would probably have to say, um, Ooh, because I'm going to go just really on not the books that I'm almost done with, but the two that I have finished in July, which would be a curse. Um, so dark and lonely and people we meet on vacation and they're so different, but I would probably go with a curse. So dark and lonely, um, okay. there were a couple things that personally, I, I just didn't connect with, with people we meet on vacation. Um, and then yeah. of course fantasy is my go-to genre. So I'm always <laughs> going to kind of probably lean towards that. So yeah. So, um, I would say dark. So a uh, curse, so dark and lonely is going to be my, my top read so far in these first 17 days of July. Okay. Didn't you finish Hail Mary at the beginning of July? Oh, yeah, I thought that was June. That was really early July, wasn't it? it? I think it was. I think I finished it like um, that first weekend. So, wow, thanks for reminding <laughs> me of that. So, throwing that into the mix, I would totally pick Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, who was the author of The Martian and Artemis. Um, that was a fantastic little space read. So, if you like science fiction, yeah. 
it is so good. And um, I, you know, I did write my review. My review is up on my blog, um, which is uh, thebookshelf.substack.com. Um, so uh, go take a look at that. But yes, out of the, if I add that into the three, then definitely Project Hail Mary would be my favorite of July. Nice. And you talked about and of blog. course, where's your blog link to that? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, if you if you get to plug your blog, then I, I get to plug my own. It's no rare. Um, yeah, so I've been upgrading, oh, well, not upgrading, but updating it a few times recently. So uh, you can find my blog, lizzieslittlebooknook.co.uk. So um, you are smart. And you'll be able to see your them. blog be called the same thing that your Instagram handle is. I know, yeah, it's, it's clever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it makes it easy for people to remember. Things. Yeah. I just made things difficult for myself. It's all right. <laughs> you could always just change, just change your website domain. <laughs> yeah, that, that I could. Yeah, I'd have to ask. Get az does it bookworm.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can become a UK page. Um, or dot com. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our what you reading section. So we're going to take another quick short um, commercial break, and then when we come back, we will get right into our topic of the day, which is beach reads. We're back. It's time to enjoy some beach read relaxation. Um, all right. So, um, Lizzie, get us started on this. Yes. Yeah, so, um, as you know, the topic of the month is beach reads. Um, and we started looking, first of all, obviously, what beach read exactly means, because there's so many different meanings um, of what a beach read actually is. Uh, now, we found quite an interesting article, um, which is from last summer. Um, and it was on a book, website called Book Riot, who we actually, I've, I follow for quite a while now. Um, I went to a book convention in, in New York about five, six years ago now, um, which they held as really good. But they I did quite a lot of research and they discovered that Beach Read, actually the term, began as a marketing tool for publishers. Um, it was first used in the summer of, of 1990, so we're talking 31 years ago now. Oh, there's um, no way that 1990 was 31 years ago. <laughs> oh, my word. I know, I know. It's a scary thought. Um, and obviously now almost every magazine and website publishes summer book lists and Beach Read has become such a mainstream term. Um, in publishing terms, it's now used to refer to like blockbuster books published in the summer, um, so kind of the most anticipated books coming out. Um, and then it kind of it's changed over time it's amalgamated into describing like a certain type of book that will have mass appeal and and isn't really particularly intellectually stimulating but i'll let holly carry on with the kind of some more interesting facts and interesting information that we found out from kind of from all our research yeah it's really interesting because a lot of times these beach reads are classified as like women's fiction so those Mm -hmm. uh you know the romance the contemporary books and novels that really feature a um like kind of that dominating female character uh you know the woman who's going through something who's trying to overcome something or is trying to you know fix or you know engage in a relationship um you know but it's it, it tends to be you know according to this article it really does tend to be um books by women um about women and they are they tend to be a little bit lighter reading so you know and this is we're really kind of talking like in the traditional sense when you know when you're trying to define what a traditional book read is that's really where these concepts kind of fall into um but at the same time
same time, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with women's fiction. It's you know you know as Lizzie said, like sometimes they're considered not that intellectually stimulating, but I think the people who would kind of pick up pick that up and kind of like try to like say negative things about beach reads or women's fiction in general don't realize that sometimes the value in those books is the ability to escape reality. It is the ability to really just have something that is an easy read. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It's, it's engaging and captivating and pulls you in and it allows you just to have a break from reality. Cause isn't that why we travel to the beach and lay on the water, like on the sand anyways, is to escape from reality for a couple hours. Exactly. I mean, it, yeah, as you say, sometimes having a nice, light, easy read um, is a great way to escape and just to kind of travel to a different place for a bit and just forget real life. Um, so, yeah, and no, I completely agree with everything. Um, just because it's not intellectually stimulating doesn't mean that it's not fun and and interesting. And doesn't mean it doesn't make you think about things like, you know, yeah, exactly. people we meet on vacation is kind of twenty one of the big 2021 um, summer beach reads. It wasn't intellectual stimulating, intellectually stimulating when I read it, but it definitely made me think because it made me think of all the places I want to travel. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It made you want to think and imagine your travels. So yeah. I think every book makes you think about something or other. So I think the term intellectually, like not intellectually stimulating is such a, a kind of derogatory term that can't really be used on any book. Maybe like, I don't know, kids books, yeah, exactly. <laughs> certain kids books maybe, but when it comes to adult books, there's think, always something that makes you think most of the time. And I also think some people like um, when it comes to speech reads are probably also going to think like, you know, smutty, like really, you know, you know, explicit sex and things like that in those books as well yeah which isn't really the case either um you know a lot of them are traditionally like little rom-coms but you know those romantic comedy type books which may have you know you know the acknowledgement of sex or a sex scene but they don't tend to be the hot and steamy you know you need a fan to to fan yourself off because you're so hot after you've read it um but it's it's more like you know quick and it, and it's because it's not the bulk of the story. The story isn't evol- revolving around the sex of it. It's revolving around, you know, the relationship, the development of the relationship, you know, the conflict yeah. that's trying to be overcome through the storyline. So, um, but yeah, so then kind of now the... Um, got kind of like the history of it and we kind of talked a little bit when we're talking about that article about the traditional you know stereotypical beach reads but that's not what everybody reads you know no exactly I mean we were talking about this earlier and we were saying that a beach read really is is almost a comfort read it's what you enjoy it's something that is going to to pull you in and to to engage you in that topic because that's what you want when you go to the beach you want something you're going to enjoy something that's going to to be fun for you um and i did a, a post out on the week asking people what their comfort reads were and it was really interesting seeing kind of the amount of different genres we had fantasy we had historical fiction we had sci-fi um 
we had obviously the, the the typical kind of contemporary romance, and then we had people saying crime and thriller. So it shows that beach reads you can you really can't put like a, a tag, you can't put a label on it. Yes, you have the traditional contemporary romance um, beach reads, but a beach read can be whatever you want it to be. It's personal to each person, depending on their on their likes and their enjoyments. Absolutely, you know, and just because, you know, personally, I don't know if I would consider a thriller or a horror as a beach read, because um, I don't know if I would necessarily find that calming <laughs> or, or relaxing. Yeah. You know, some other people might, and, you know, whatever you want to read, like, in that, you know, beach state, it, it, it's, it's, you're right, it's, it's that comfort read, it's a mood read, like, what do you want to read? Um, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not a huge, you know, rom-com um, genre person, which is this, the traditional, mm. you know, beach read. I, you know, I would I would have enjoyed reading A Curse of Dark and Lonely at the beach. I would have enjoyed reading Project Hail Mary um, at the beach. You know, when I went to the beach last week, I had We Are the Brennans with us, which isn't a rom-com, but it is, it's more of a contemporary book. Yeah. Um, so I guess it it might fall on the edges of a traditional beach read, but it really it really does come down like to to what your interest at that moment is. Where where do you find comfort? Where do you want to escape to and get away from? Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So um, so let's talk about some like kind of like those those staycation beach reads, the the those books that are kind of beach reads that are you know, written and set in our necks of the woods. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I don't know uh, what it's like in America, but this over here, um, COVID is still quite prevalent and there are still a lot of restrictions on on holidays. Um, you can go on holidays to certain countries, but you do have to, to self-isolate for two weeks, um, either when you get there, when you're there, when you arrive, before you go or even when you get back. So it does limit holidays somewhat this year. So we probably will see a lot more staycations in the UK. Um, how is it over in America with, with restrictions for that kind of thing? There, um, So we're doing pretty good with COVID. <clears throat> um, numbers numbers are fluctuating. You know, we're, there's still that huge push for people to get vaccinated. Um, we didn't have any issues so we current we live in Arizona, so we went to California last week for our, our, our holiday. And, you know, we drove, <clears throat> we didn't have to quarantine, we didn't have to, like, we didn't even have to wear masks, Max, masks yeah. right now are optional. Um, everything was open. You know, we could have gone to any of the, like, the, the amusement parks, like Disneyland is open, Universal Studios is open, um, you know, SeaWorld is open, so all of, like, the... Okay. The touristy, let's go to an amusement yeah. park. You know, we went to, we didn't go to those. We went to um, a water park, and it, it was it was packed, like absolutely <laughs> packed, and it was ridiculous. Um, so it, it was probably the worst experience of our entire week. But that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast that we would have <laughs> to talk about that. Um, but we didn't really have any restrictions and you know we're currently trying to plan our vacation for next year and yeah. you know we were trying to decide between if we were talking about coming um, and going to 
to the UK. We were actually talking about going to um, UK. Yeah, we were um, going to London. My my son so want, so badly wants to travel to Europe, um, and so and we were talking. So it was that, or we talked about Hawaii. But my daughter is terrified of her of hurricanes, so we'll wait on on Hawaii. And then our other option was Disney World in Florida. And hmm. so we decided that we're going to look into Disney World because of COVID because, you know, we don't know what travel restrictions will still be in place next summer. Um, and we don't want to plan yeah. a huge trip to England For it to or be canceled. to Europe yeah, to go through it being canceled. So we're going to wait um, and, and do a European vacation in two years. Oh, nice. Okay, so staycation beach oh, yeah. for the UK. Um, <laughs> we're getting back on topic. That's my vote. Um, one of my favourite ones uh, for for the UK set, uh, well, a book set in the UK is Bill Bryson's Notes from a Small Island. Um, Bill Bryson is a really funny travel writer. So he's written books um, about travelling around Europe, around America. He's done one on Shakespeare and on the English language. So he just has a way of making things very funny and, and writing in a very humorous manner. So notes from small Island that was written probably about 15 years ago or maybe more. Um, but that was really good, but really good book, very funny. Um, so I definitely recommend that. And they do have a follow-up book. He wrote about 10 years later, almost like an updated version, um, which I'm yet to read as of yet. Um, and also, uh, so talking about kind of locally set books, there was a very interesting book that I found um, actually through Waterstones called The Book Lover's Bucket List by Caroline Taggart and Tracy Chevalier. Now, this one is really interesting. So it's actually a book about famous bookish locations in the UK. Um, so, I mean, as a, as a bookworm, this sounds absolutely amazing. I'm definitely going to be getting this um, so that I can start ticking off those places because uh, I've been to a few, but I know that there's probably a lot more places that I, I didn't know about in the UK that was either state lived in by a famous author or it been based on that town. Um, so that'd be really fascinating. So how about America? Which books um, did you find for your staycation beach reads? So... Um... There's so many amazing, like, beachy places to travel um, in the United States. So, obviously, one of the popular books right now that I see out is Malibu Rising. Pretty sure that takes place in Malibu, um, (laughs) which is definitely a beachy place. Um, So, Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, who also wrote the book that I'm reading now, The The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So I'm seeing a lot of really good things about about the Malibu Rising. Um, but I think mm. um, one of the best, when I, when I think of like beachy uh, locations, a place that I would, a, a setting in the United States that I would love to read books about that are set there would be... Um, Nantucket, Nantucket Island off the coast of Massachusetts. Um, okay. So it's, Martha, so it's kind of like you have the Cape Cod area, which is a huge resort area, and then you have two little islands, Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket. And um, when I lived in Connecticut several years ago, we, you know, well, one, when my husband and I got married, we honeymooned in Martha's Vineyard. Um, but then a couple years ago, when we were living in Connecticut, um, we I did a girls' trip to Nantucket Island for their Daffodil Festival. Uh, it's th- it was thrilling, let me tell you. But it's beautiful. <laughs> it is like you're. It's a little tiny island, but it's it's like 
it's exactly what you would think of as a yeah. beach island. It's like there's little cottages and there's, um, you know, just bicycles and it's just beautiful. And I believe that 28 Summers by Ellen Hillebrand is set in Nantucket. That the, the I, if I, if I read information, I haven't read the book, but if I, if my research okay. is correct, then that relationship that takes place in that book starts at a, uh, I believe, a bachelor party that took place on Nantucket Island or in that area. Um, so, um, so that's kind of uh, a big place that that I think books and I don't like I don't read a lot in that genre. So um, yeah, but like uh, oh, and Nantucket Nights by Ellen Hildebrand <laughs> obviously takes place in Nantucket. So I think that, <laughs> um, and 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 I've heard for Beach Reads that Ellen Hillebrand is kind of uh, her name kept popping up. Okay. So I po- I made a post in a Facebook group about uh, beach reads, and I got a lot of recommendations for for her um, with Twenty yeah. Summers, um, Golden Girl, um, things like that. So um, so she may write several books that kind of take place up in that area. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of islands, um, I forgot there is also another one, which is. It's quite nice because it's also a very beachy read. Uh, it is set a lot of the times on the beach, which is um, one I actually read recently called Summer Days and Sea Breezes um, by Carol Matthews. Now, this one's actually set on the Isle of Wight. So it's just a little island just off off England, um, just to the south of England. And I've been there quite a few times. So I used to live literally just across the water from it. Um, so it's a very easy day trip. Um, so that one is you're very much your traditional kind of contemporary rom-com Um and yeah, that one's set in the UK. So that's a brilliant, um, a really good beach read for, for a nice little staycation. That's awesome. So yeah, so there's there's quite a few kind of books out there that I think, you know, um, would really be great when, you know, if you just, you can't really travel very far. So um, with COVID and restrictions and things, so being able to escape to other other places and other locations, yeah. is, you know, it's it's one it's one way to experience it, you know, without really the ability to go there yet. So. Exactly, of course. Um, if you do have to stay at home and if you do have to have a staycation, you may not want to read a book about your own country. So. Um, how about the the beach reads that transport you to other countries? Um, which books did you come up with there, Holly? Um, I again struggled with this one because I am not a big kind of um, beach read traditional sense. But um, if you're interested more into uh, like kind of mysteries and thrillers. I think a really fun, and I think I probably would have read it on a beach because it's not super scary and it wasn't super complex. But the uh, the guest list by Lucy Foley um, is more of a mystery thriller, <clears throat> but it was more it it wasn't as complicated. So it was a much easier read than some some thrillers or mystery books. There there you had a very limited number of, of characters because they were guests at a wedding on an island. But it takes you to uh, the coast of Ireland um, on this on this 
kind of like mysterious little mist filled island. It's kind of spooky yeah. and crazy, but, um, but I, I loved it. And it was, you know, being tra- able to get transported to, to this little Irish island was kind of cool. What about nice. you? Uh, I've got to I went through a stage, um, quite a few years ago of reading so many, um, kind of rom-coms and contemporary romances set in different countries. Um, I am a massive fan of Italy and the Mediterranean, so I read quite a lot in those areas. So I've got things like I've got a travel book um, called Sweet Honey, Bitter Lemons by Matthew Fort. Um, that is a travel, like a comedy travel log about um, the guy Matthew Fort who travels around Sicily um, by Vespa, so by a little, little scooter. Um, so that's quite a good one, and that one really kind of puts you into the action and makes you like imagine everything and makes you want to go to Sicily and enjoy all the pasta and the pizza and the, um, and all the, the delicious food and drinks. Um, one of my favorite, actually one of my, my favorite books ever, which I will always recommend is one that's based in Rome and that's called food of love by Anthony Capella. Mm. Um, I am a massive foodie. So anything kind of foodie fiction, I, I love this one's kind of like a contemporary romance slash foodie fiction. So it's about um, a young American student who goes to Rome to, to study art and to, to basically to go to this university. And she meets um, this guy who, works as a waiter waiter at this big restaurant in Rome and he wants to impress her so he he basically gets his um his friend his best friend who is a chef at the restaurant to cook the meals for her and he pretends like it's him cooking it and not his best friend so it's really interesting it's lots of funny moments but the way that they describe the food is just it leaves you hungry it's it's so seductive and so kind of um really descriptive with each meal and even the meals that I wouldn't particularly like, like the um, sweetbreads and the, the um, kind of organs of the animals that I don't usually like the sound of, they actually somehow make attractive, which is a, a very impressive, um, very impressive piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because you're talking about like the food and stuff. And then uh, it made me think of a book that, uh, you know, is set in different countries. It's also a really popular movie, but eat, pray, love. I had that on my list. <laughs> yeah, I, well, sorry I love to steal your thunder, but uh, Eat, Love is one that jumped to my mind by Elizabeth Gilbert. Absolutely. <sighs> love that book. Mm-hmm. And the, the the movie was brilliant as well. Oh, yeah. That's another one that it can really transport you to all the countries that she goes to. So, yeah, I completely agree with that because, one. Because, like, uh, what, it was Italy, Indonesia. Um, where else did she go? Uh, uh, I think India? that was it, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Italy, India, and Indonesia. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, that was a brilliant film. Yeah. And the book was just so poignant. She also did a follow-up called Committed. Oh. Because it's actually about her life. That's actually her life. That's what happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so Committed is when she gets married to the guy that she meets and, and things like that. So that's a really interesting little kind of sequel to the book. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know she had a sequel out for that. Yeah. Um, so... Other than that, I mean, I've, I've got a few Italian uh, foodie ones I can easily list. Um, but I did have one recommendation, which actually reminded me that one really good beach read, which I find um, to transport you to a different country, are a lot of the books uh, by an author called Santa Montefiore. Uh, so I've read Last Voyage of the Valentina and the French Gardener, and she has a really good way of just transporting you to these 
countries, no matter where she writes about. Um, that was actually recommended by a pearl in her books. Um, she said that was her kind of her go-to beach read that she enjoyed um, enjoyed reading. So um, other than that, I think the last one I've got is also a little bit different, not quite a contemporary, um, not contemporary romance, but um, it is, oh, well, sorry, it is a contemporary romance, but it is more foodie again. Mm-hmm. Um, Amore and Amoretti, A Tale of Love and Food in Italy by Victoria Cosford. Um, so again, another little kind of easy, light, light sort of light read for uh, being being transported to Italy and to the Italian way of life, um, you, which I really would trans- love to do right now. Transported <laughs> to another country, it's gonna be Italy. <laughs> like, I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. Food and you know, it's funny um, because I married into a, a, an Italian family. They're one hundred percent Italian. And, um, like, my husband's stepmother makes, you know, authentic homemade pasta. And, and, you know, it's, and it's she, you know, they classic New York Italians. Like, every time I would see um, his, his stepmother, she'd be like, oh, you know, you need to eat more. And, you know, <laughs> they, you know, and I can't do the accent, but the New York accent for people who've smoked, you know, their entire life, I mean, you can yeah. make that in your, sound that out in your head, but... Um, but yeah, and it's, it's, I just love, I just, I just, I, I love that culture. I love the food and, um, yeah, yeah uh, going to, uh, going to Italy is definitely on our, our bucket list of things to do, but I kind of want to do it after the kids are out of the house. So I don't have to like, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I've went to, uh, I have went to Rome about 10 years ago. That was amazing. Um, and I've also been to, to Sorrento and we've done the whole, I've done the whole Amalfi coast and stuff. So that was really that was an amazing experience and the food is just you will not get proper italian i mean unless you're with an italian family you will not get proper italian food anywhere else it was just absolutely stunning um and the beaches are really beautiful and yeah no but i would not recommend driving in italy because (laughs) (laughs) it is terrifying going on the roads it is absolutely terrifying especially (laughs) on the mafia coast where at times you are pretty close to the edge of the cliff and you're like please don't fall off the cliff please don't fall off the cliff (laughs) So, like, obviously we want to go to Rome, but then um, we want to visit where um, my husband's father's family is from, which is Palermo, Sicily. So we need to hit, okay. so we'll need to, hit to hit to Palermo um, because I'm both my my husband's parent side and or both parent side. It, it, it was his grandparents that came over to the United States. So his his family has only been here for like, you know this is like the second third generation now. So they they're very recent to the United States. Um, yeah. So we want to go and see, you know, where where his dad's family came from in Palermo, Sicily, and, and eat all the Sicilian food we can possibly shove uh. in our faces. Um, and then his mom's side of the family, I believe, is from the Florence area, which is really the opposite end. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that we'll just do more flying than driving. Um, so. <laughs> That sounds like an amazing trip. Yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, adult trip would be the best thing because then you can just have lots of wine and have lots of cocktails. <laughs> exactly. All right. So based on all this beach reading talk that we've just done, if you had to recommend one beach read book, it could be a new release. It could be something that you've, that, you know, was released a couple years ago. It could be, you know, an old one. What is 
a beach read you would recommend? Oh, that's a tough one. I think it would have to be um, Food of Love by Anthony Capella, just because that one is kind of, that's one that I've reread about three or four times. Um, it's just one of my comfort reads that I constantly go back to just because I love it so much. Um, the writing is beautiful. The description is so um, concise and so kind of, as I say, the food description is just so seductive and attractive that it do not read it when you're hungry, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, so that would be mine. Would, how about you? Um, well, you picked a food book because I was probably going to say um, the, the Eat, Pray, Love, but you already have a food book. Nice. So I'm going to go with, with the current the current popular one, which is People We Meet on Vacation. Um, it's just, you know, it's a great read. It's a good friends to lovers book. If you, if you like that kind of relationship dynamic and you travel, you, you know, travel to, to Canada, you travel to New Orleans, you, you know, you get to go on these little adventures with them. Um, you know, you get to go to Palm Springs, but it's not all the fantastic aspects of vacation. Like they do focus a lot on some of the, some of the bad things that can happen while you're on vacation when nothing seems to go right. Um, and yeah, you know, and that's definitely some, some laughable moments. So it kind of has a little bit of everything. Uh, so, you know, so if you want to, you know, read both of them back to back because then you'll be hungry. So, you know, read the the foodie book first. And then when you read the other one, you can just eat the food while you're reading it. And it's the best of both worlds. (laughs) Sounds good. We do also, of course, recommend Eat, Pray, Love because that's another wonderful beach read. It's really nice because it's got that mixture of you've got travel, you've got food and you've got emotion as well. You've got that kind of emotional turmoil turmoil that she goes through after her breakup. So that's really kind of fascinating. It really makes you think and, it's just a really nice kind of combination, like nice hybrid of, of different genres. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're wrapping up our show. So what we are going to do, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm going to say tradition, but this is only our second episode. So can it really be tradition yet? I think so. Um, yeah. We are going to, just like we did on our last episode, end our topic section with a speed round of this or that. So this is going to be our this or that beach read edition. Okay, are you ready, Holly? I'm ready. Okay, let's go. Sandy Beach or Stony Beach? Sandy Beach. It's got to be Sandy. Romance or Thriller? Romance. Yeah, romance. Mm -hmm. Paddleboarding or kayaking? Kayaking, for sure. Yeah, kayaking. Beach chair or beach towel? Um... I've never used one. I've always used a beach towel, but I think I would prefer a beach chair. Yeah, I've got to go beach chair. It's just so much comfier. Um, kick shoes off as soon as you get to the sand or keep them on until you find your spot? Oh, kick the shoes off as soon as you hit the sand. Oh, I've got to make keep them on until you find your spot. Otherwise, yeah, I, I'd probably end up losing them. <laughs> <laughs> um, swimming or surfing? Swimming. Yeah, swimming. Warm summer nights or early summer mornings? Uh, I am not a morning person, so warm summer nights for sure. Oh, completely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm not a morning person, so yeah, warm summer <laughs> nights. Uh, snorkeling or scuba diving? Um, probably snorkeling. Okay, I haven't done either, but I'd say scuba diving because I'd love to, to do that. Yeah, I haven't uh, done either. <laughs> yeah, that, Beachside I, hotel or beach cottage <laughs> off the ocean front? Oh, beach cottage off the ocean front. Yeah, completely agree. Beach Cottage off the ocean front. 
nice restaurants or local street food? I am a local street food girl. Absolutely. Oh, 100% local street food. Yeah. The more authentic, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the best things about traveling or going someplace new is eating the local food. Exactly. I always avoid the, the tourist hotspots. I never like going into the, those tourist traps. Oh, yeah. Or the, like, yeah, I, I walk down the side streets and find a nice little local restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's, so. it's the best. It's so much So, fun. yeah, that is this all. That, that's the end of it. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for, for listening to the podcast. Um, obviously, as always, you can catch us at um, – my Instagram is at Lizzie's Little Book Nook, um, and the blog is Lizzie's lizzieslittlebooknook.co.uk. And Holly, where can they find you? They can find me at AZ Desert Bookworm on Instagram, and then my blog is thebookshelf.substack.com. And our awesome. Next, yeah, our next episode is going to drop August 16th, um, and it's we're really excited. We are looking to have um, an author interview for our topic. So we'll, We are indeed. Yeah, so um, we're always looking for people who are interested in making some guest appearances or getting some shout-outs. So please follow our podcast on Instagram and Facebook. It, you can just find us at Speaking Literally Podcast, and... Um, you can find the podcast if you're listening to it. Great, you found us, but we are available on all the platforms that you would find your podcasts. Any final we thoughts? We are Lizzie? indeed. Well, that has been a, a very warm read. I am melting in this heat. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it? Twenty-seven. Next- Twenty-seven degrees Celsius. Sorry, is that what you said? Yeah, I believe right now, let's just double check. I think it is 27 degrees right now. Um, but we're meant to get up to like 29 degrees, so um, by the end of the weekend. So 80, for us, that's, that's really hot. <laughs> that 80, is a sweltering. Fahrenheit? Yeah, 27 degrees right now. Oh, no, sorry. Tomorrow it's meant to be 31 degrees. Um, so yeah. So in Fahrenheit, that, that's, be... that would be like what, mid 80s? Upper 80s? <sighs> I will check. That's going to be, yeah, 87.8. So. Yeah. But, it's but yeah, it's, it is humid. Yeah. It is very humid. <laughs> but, yeah, so thanks, our, guys, for listening. Um, any final thoughts from you, Holly? No, we appreciate you guys taking some time to listen to our episode, and hopefully you got some good recommendations to add to your TBR. And we'll be back on August 26th, or not 26th, what am I thinking? August 16th. <laughs> August 16th is when we will be back with our next episode, so we can't wait to um, share more of our love for books with you. So we will see you in a couple weeks.